What's up, everybody? This is Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep Show, episode number 107. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, yo, you only have 106 to, like, catch up on. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even that bad. There could be, like, 7 million of them, but there's not. There's only 106, so go back and listen to them. Take your time or binge. I'm okay with either one. If you have listened to this podcast before, smash that subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure you like all the episodes that you've that you listened to. Give some feedback. Say how awesome the guests are. Say how okay I am. Whatever you want to do. Any interaction is loved and appreciated. Today we have Nikki Hiltz on the episode 107. Nikki Hiltz is a trans non-binary professional athlete crushing Okay, hold on. <clears throat> crushing the scene. Really had an amazing 2020. 2023 for sure 2023 for sure was insane insane talking about the mile the u.s uh women's mile record talking about wonderful amazing crazy performances on the world stage we talked about their rising through the last couple years but then we also talked about sponsorship and how the right sponsor can kind of just let things go a little bit and let you thrive I mean, all the athletes out there really want that one sponsor that supports them in everything that they do, but then also lets them be free to have some ups and downs in their career, but then really thrive and crush it. So this was a really great episode. We talked about sponsorship. We talked about um, them coming out to the world as a trans non-binary athlete um, and the differences in how they were treated when they came out as, uh, as gay. That was a really cool conversation for me. The first time that I've had that moment. So it was really fun to um, to hear someone else's story because I know that as a black athlete or as a black person in this world, um, I've had conversations with folks that hadn't had had the the race conversation before. Um, so I really appreciated um, their openness to talk about this topic and gracing us with their presence on the show. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, my overview is very crappy because we talk about so many different things. So please check this out. Thank you so much, Nikki, for joining the show. You are absolutely amazing. Please go make sure you support Nikki on Instagram and wherever they're doing anything because it's just amazing. So check it out. Thanks so much, Nikki. Thanks for watching the show. Enjoy. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, First question of of the episode is, can I have your hoodie? (laughs) Honestly, yeah. I have have a lot of Team Canada stuff, so I could send you something. (laughs) Well, I mean, I was joking, but I would happily... I'd happily rock rock that hoodie. I like the color. I like the the fit and all that yeah. stuff. No, so I love it. I, think the, I do feel like it has the Olympic rings over here, and yeah, um, kind I do feel a little bit like I'm not Olympian. I feel weird wearing it, but I'm also not Canadian, so it kind of right. Yeah, I was I was wondering which way you were gonna lean with that. Like <laughs> I felt weird like repping it because I'm not. Canadian or Olympic, you know, like it's like which one? Which way are we going? But I mean, I don't, you'll never be. I don't think. I don't think you'll ever be Canadian. No, I unfortunately don't think so either. <laughs> but you, but I'm, I'm. You will be an Olympian though. Yeah, true. So, <laughs> at least one of those. Maybe one day we'll just peel off the Canadian part and then just rep the hoodie. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think because there's two things about it that's weird, maybe it cancels it out, and so it's not weird, you know? Oh, like two ne- yeah. two negatives make a positive exactly. type of thing. Mm-hmm. That's what that is actually pretty clever. That's <laughs> actually pretty clever. Um, now that we've established like really quickly that you are with, you know, you're with it up here in the head, and you got everything going, I now have to ask you a question that seems like it's popped up on my last two episodes. Um, how do you spell gray? Gray? Okay. I actually, I think G-R-A-Y. And For I think everything. I've heard that Americans spell it with like an A. Is that correct? Is that, I'm I spelling it wrong. <laughs> I don't know. So people spell it with an E too, though. Like it, yeah. And so I had a conversation with Lindsay Flanagan mm-hmm. and her name is spelled with an A. Yeah. But a lot of Lindsay's are spelled with, with an E. Mm-hmm. And so somehow we got the gray, but there's no like distinction of like which way you do, right? Yeah, both are correct, I think. It's kind of like, you know how some <laughs> some countries say like favorite, there's like a randomly mm. another like OU like in a there. U. Like a U in there, yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like they're both right. It's just one's a little weird. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. But then the problem, I guess, is for the gray thing, which one is weird? Like to, I mean, to me, I guess, and I'm American, so I guess we can figure that out. The OU for the favorite is the one where I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's a little yeah. different, you know. Yeah, favorite. but for gray, I have no idea. Favorite. For, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It could go either way. I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you want to know to finish out this like ramble moment? Do you want to know what we came up with? Yeah. So, let's go at let's go at using both, right? But for gray would be like, if you're talking about like a color, like sky is gray, the color gray, we're gonna go A-Y. Okay. And then for like a feeling, Mm -hmm. oh man, today's just kind of a gray day, you know. Then you go E, yeah, Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, E-Y. Ooh, E-motion for E, yeah, yeah, see, here we go. That's how I remember it. (laughs) Here we go. All right, I'm glad we got that done. Thank you so much. Yeah, wow. Thanks Thanks for being on the show. That's it, guys. <laughs> um, honestly, thank you so much for finding the time uh, to be on the show with me, Nikki. You rock. Um, if the, is that what the cool kids say? And um, you just left a workout. How are you feeling right now? Good. Yeah. No. I every time someone asks me to do a podcast, like I'm always down. I feel like I really love the long form interview vibe. Um, yeah. So I'm really comfortable with it, and I. You know, I, I got to know you on, um, yeah, the, the Relay podcast and like, no, I'm so happy to be here. And, and I love just like, yeah, the more long form, formal interview than versus like a, you know, right after the race vibe. Um, oh, yeah, I'm can, good. We t- can we talk <laughs> like, about that? Can we talk about that? Like right after the race vibe thing? Yeah. I mean, on a one to 10, like, what are you giving it? 10 being like the most favorite thing in the world. One being like, yo, just rip a nail off, you know? Yeah, I think it's, it's just, I think what's annoying to me is that everyone asks the same questions always. And like, also it's annoying because right after like at USA's, for example, it's like, I did a victory lap, which was incredible. And I loved that. And then you immediately go into like, I I think I was in the media tent for like an hour afterwards. It's like, kind of like you want to be celebrating with your people or like, you know, be out watching the meet. And instead you have to like, just be in this tent with all these old white guys and answer the same question over and over again. And I'm just like, can I just go like see my partner? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. 
Um, but yeah, but I think that's why I love like, you know, people like tea and like, it's just like, there are more young people and like people of color and like women. And like, I do think it is changing and becoming more of a comfortable place. Um, I think I just kind of view it as like a chore, uh, when, you know, it is the chance to get your story out there and, you know, it, talk about your emotions right after a race. But yeah, I just wish it was like a little bit more better questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why, I mean, that's why like, I'm, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to write a letter, like a, like a hand letter to like all the powers that be like, I should be on the track right after. Cause I don't know if I'd ask the same questions that like, I'm going to ask the hard hitting stuff about like gray, you know, um, yeah, exactly. stuff that like that I'm sure you're thinking about in that third lap, you know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, tell me, well, random. What do you think? Like, what's the craziest thing that you've thought about in a third lap? Um, I don't know. I think it's really weird. It really depends on the race. But um, yeah, my mind can go anywhere. It's like, um, I think I have some mild form of like ADHD. And like, and, like my brain just like jumps around. Um, and then I also find that when I'm not training really hard, like I I think I like I run 70 miles a week. I live at 7,000 feet. Like when I'm in hard training, like I'm tired all the time. When I'm mm -hmm. not doing that, like I think my ADHD gets worse. Anyway, so like going into a race is when you taper and you're running less. And so, um, yeah, my brain's been everywhere. I feel like I thought um, I, a lot of times I've thought this is just the intrusive thought of like what would happen if I just like stop right now or like <laughs> – just like run onto the infield. Uh, yeah, I don't just, know, just like weird stuff like that. I feel like yeah, like just like just uh, step out like a pacer. Yeah, yeah. The, but, I think people would be confused. They'd be like, oh, okay, all right, that's it. <laughs> okay, that's also the third lap is the the hardest part um, of the race. You know, it's it's where you have to be the most most like mentally engaged and like physically just like you're hurting the most. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's probably not the time to be thinking about like, what if I just stopped? <laughs> Why do you, what, uh, I mean, third, third lap, I mean, I've never done a 1500 race before. I just started running like when I was like 33. So I started like in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, so like I'm new to this whole thing. And I actually went to Worlds last year uh, in Eugene. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, holy crap, like track and field is amazing. Like I was kind of hip to it for, through like the big names in the sport. And I just wasn't like all the way like into like the track and field vibe. So I didn't I don't necessarily know, like inherently know that the third lap is going to be the worst. But I guess I would imagine, you know, because yeah. like in a 5K, like mile two ish is the worst is like yeah. the worst of it. Because you're like, yo, what's what's happening right now? You know, um, yeah. but there's gotta be, there's something like about like the pain thing um, that I feel like to be a runner period, you have to be, you have to have some type of like, um, like it attracts you in a, in a way, um, like the pain or discomfort. Do you feel like that's the case for you? Do you enjoy some level of what that like pain or discomfort brings you? Yeah, I think that's why I love the 1500 so much because I've run a few 5Ks, like just like cross country in college or, you know, turkey trot, Thanksgiving, like things like that. But I hate the pain that comes with the 5K because it's so dull and long. Like it starts hurting five minutes in and then you have 
you know, 10 more minutes of it. And it's like dull and long pain. Whereas like the 15, it starts hurting two minutes in. And it's like, it's a lot pain, more painful than a 5k pain, but it's not as sharp as like an 800 pain. I don't know how to describe this. And it's only for like a minute until you're at like three minutes in. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm on the bell lap. Like, this is the fun part. So I do feel like I've, I enjoy that pain because maybe I'm so used to it. Or it's like with that pain, I've associated like really fun racing moments of like, Mm. you know, when the bell rings, it's like, I don't know. There's no other feeling like that in the world. It's like this jolt of adrenaline. And like, it is along with that adrenaline is pain, but it's like fun. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think, no, I think I agree. Um, I just, I, I'm, I don't think I'm fast enough to do <laughs> like a fifteen hundred. So I have to like approach it at like this, you know. I don't think that I could beat you in a marathon, even still. But I don't think I can run a marathon. So if you can finish, I mean, that, wait, you <laughs> run seventy miles a week, you're fine. I think. Yeah, I mean, my long run's fourteen, so. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> so there was like, so uh, a shoe brand um, in, Ber- I just left, I just ran the Berlin marathon like last weekend, I think. Yeah. Um, Not last, but you know what I mean? Yeah. The one before that. And so there was like this, uh, a, a shoe brand there had like an elite runners program and like literally people from like Grant Fisher was there and he paced people. Nice. for like the marathon you know yeah. and i was talking to a guy that was in his pace group and he's like well it was really weird because he's went he's not wearing super shoes he's just like he's wearing like a normal everyday trainer and mm-hmm. it looked like he wasn't even trying you know and it <laughs> what, threw him what like pace running what pace um I, I i don't know i think it was maybe the 250 group so it okay. had to be maybe 640 or something oh like that or 650 or something yeah. like that that's like but still like yeah right exactly exactly yeah. um but yeah, we're not gonna get that get, go down that road i'm sorry so um <laughs> but i when did you i kind of always start like here like when did when did you start like running like when was your first memory of running and then second like when was your first like when was your first race that you ran Yeah, I didn't start running until um, high school, like I would say. I did my junior high, like, track and cross-country teams. Um, But, you know, it's like junior high, it's, like, not real. (laughs) That counts. That counts. Come on. Yeah. um, But uh, before that, like, I did – I was super athletic growing up. Like, I I did every sport possible, like, soccer, Mm -hmm. soccer. softball volleyball yeah like every sport and my fate I realized at a very young age my favorite part of every sport that I was in was like the running part of it like I played midfield a lot because that was the position that got to run the most and then um like in baseball it was like I couldn't my motivation to hit the ball well was like then I could get on base so I could run the bases so it was like I kind of knew that like that's what I loved about sports um and then when you know I got to high school it was like Oh, I'm good at this thing. Like this makes mm. sense why you like it. Um, but yeah, but even before all that, it's like I did this program called Junior Guards growing up. So I'm from Santa Cruz, California, which is like um Central Coast Beach Town, um, like two hours south of San Francisco. And I like that was just like the thing kids did in the summer was junior guards, and it's just basically like 
little kids on the beach, um, you know, in like red bathing suits pretending to be like lifeguards. <laughs> um, and yeah, there was like, it was pretty intense. It was like, you know, I started when I was seven and I went all the way till I was 17. Um, and yeah, you're in age groups and like you, you run and you do push-ups and sit-ups. It's like kind of like boot camp vibes, but it's so fun. Cause then you get to like play dodgeball on the beach, you know, after okay. you're finished with your like swim. Yeah. So it's like a mix of like working out, but also like having fun on the beach with all your friends. So that's, I feel like where I actually really fell in love with running. And that's probably where my first race happened was we would have competitions on the weekends or not on the weekends on like Fridays and you would like compete against different beaches. Um, mm. and so like some of the events like were like a distance swim or then a run swim run. And then, but my favorite event was like the distance run and looking back, it was probably like maybe 800 meters, <laughs> like out <laughs> but it felt yeah. like a marathon, you know? Um, and that's, that's, I feel like, you know, just barefoot on the beach, like, running and trying to beat the other beaches was like yeah i feel like where i fell in love with like competing and like okay i want to see if i can win this race and um yeah. yeah so i feel like it's was kind of like always a part of me if that makes sense of like yeah oh i'm good at this thing and like i w i was fast like i could sprint really fast and i could also go forever and so i think that's funny that i ended up in the 1500 because it's like it's that it's like a mix of the endurance and the speed that's really, I mean, that's really cool though. Like, is there, do you, did you keep in touch with anybody that was like on your beach team? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there were like the kids I went to high school with and like, um, yeah, some of my best friends to this day. And um, yeah, it, it's also like, so the, those were like local competitions we would do, but then there was regionals every, like at the end of the summer. And that's where you went to like, a Southern California beach. And then it was like all the beaches in California competed against each other. What? And that, that is actually Rebecca Mara, who's like in the sport still, you know, like that's where I remember racing her when we were both like nine years old, um, down oh, at regionals God. in like San Diego or something. Um, and so even people like within, obviously from my hometown, but like also like from, like she was from L the LA area and I was from NorCal. So, um, yeah. So even like, I don't know. People that know junior guards or do it like the the bonds, like they run deep. <laughs> it just seems like I mean, it sounds like a di a different time. <laughs> like it sounds like a different time, and like not even because I'm from Michigan, so like that. I mean, this is all sounds very foreign to me, you know. Um, yeah. But it just sounds really like a really cool vibe to to a lot of fun, a lot of like camaraderie, a lot of like like team building ish, and then. It, that seemed like a really cool way to like bring a bunch of different communities together and and do that because it's like you don't you know unless you're at like some elite uh, some higher or elite level like in high school you don't normally get to have that experience of right. like you know competing against other things or entities like in that space so that seems really cool um yeah. that sounds like a good memory though definitely i mean and it also like reminds like when i think about the regional you know, competition, it really reminds me of like a track and field meet. Like you have all these different mm. events going on. You have the kids that are like on the swim team who are like the best swimmers. You, you have like paddle boarders and then you have runners and then you have a mix of everyone. Like it's really cool. Like the different, yeah. And it's it just reminds me of track and like you have throwers, you have jumpers, you have sprinters, like distance runners. And it's, um, 
yeah, it's a really cool, definitely like very fond memory. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's a great, like, I feel like you don't realize where you grow up, like how special it is until right, you right. leave or move away. And you're like, oh, wow, that was like really unique and cool. So yeah. uh, definitely, definitely very fond of my junior guard days. <laughs> and, and then wait until you tell somebody on a podcast that this is a thing and they're just like, what are you talking about? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's like a different, it seems so different than like I would have imagined, but it sounds very California. Yes. Yeah, it sounds very, very California. Um so then you, so this, but while you were doing that actually through high school too, but so you got on the track team in high school mm-hmm. and like, how was like, what was that experience like? And um, when, I guess also too, I guess it, maybe you've realized this before then because of the, the junior guards, when did you like realize that you were fast? Like, yo, yo I'm actually pretty good here. Yeah. Um, so I joined, yeah, I joined my cross country team my freshman year and um I went to yeah it was just like I feel like those are my best friends like immediately and like the highlight of my day was cross-country practice you know after school and so um I was just having so much fun with you know training seriously for the first time and then like I was also probably I think one of the only freshmen um so it was obviously like cool to be like the young one on the team and like, you know, you look up, you're automatically friends with like seniors. Like that's so cool, you know, (laughs) Um, even if they're nerdy cross country runners. It doesn't doesn't even matter, you know, you're good. Um, But yeah, I just feel like it was, um, I I think I was number two on our team. We had a really good senior that was, um, you know, she was pretty fast, but I was kind of within the first meet, I was like two or three on the team. So it was like, Mm. oh, like we have, and we had a good team. So, I feel like it was pretty instant, um, just that natural talent. Um, and then, yeah, but I, I didn't really, it was just me having fun with my friends. And like, once again, when it came to the race, like really enjoying competing and seeing how well I could do. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that no, that's, that's dope though. I mean, cause it's like, um, it, you, you, by that time you had just been kind of competing for so long, you know, it seems like, and I'm um, like, yeah. you probably, cause my, I mean, I have a, my son's 13. He's on the cross country team. Um, he's been on for a couple of years now, but like he always like likes a little sports here and there, but you know, he never like had this, this cross country was his first like competing, you know, like against yeah. other people just by himself. No, nobody to pass the ball to, you know, yeah. nobody to like work, work off of. Like it was like, you're in this race by yourself. And as like the couple of years has gone by, he's an eighth grader now. Um, he's just like kind of getting this, Oh, I could like aim for like a place, you know, and mm-hmm. and kind of push myself. But you had been kind of doing that for for a while by then, you know, by high school. Yeah, and I think what was different, it's like I had been doing it, but in the summers, like on the sand barefoot. Yeah. And so I think <laughs> what was like cool was it was like okay, this is everything I love about you know racing, but now I'm it's yeah. it's actually legit. It's like I yeah. have a uniform on. I'm like in flats, like. um, running cross country and like um yeah I I feel like I really really enjoyed it and I remember like I I had also done soccer and so I was like I remember freshman year wanting to go out for the soccer team like that fall as well I was like oh I could do both I could do cross country and soccer and then it was kind of this like moment with my coach and he was like I think you're really good at running like I know you love soccer and it's fun but like just how about just don't <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> How about no? How about just no? <laughs> and I was like, okay. Cause I really liked that someone was like, saw talent in me and was like, just like, just focus on this for a year. And like, then if you want to be soccer next year, like do it. But like, yeah. I think, you know, and I think that was like really important of like, I believed in myself, but it was like, Oh, someone else like sees this and like thinks has belief in me. Like, okay, that's cool. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that like just my first thought um, when you said that, I mean, cause I've, you, you talk to so many like successful people. And there's seems like there's always like there's always like one adult, you know, or like um, you know, figure in their lives that was like, hey, you know, this this is the way to go or you're doing a great job or something or like some type of guidance or steering. Um, looking back at like your life and that in that kind of that moment, what would your like advice be to other adults that like have kids or around kids coaching or something? um what would be your advice to them to help maybe see that or help a, a kid find their thing yeah i mean that's a great question i think like sometimes coaches don't they're like afraid to say things or i don't know they want to put like pressure on a kid or, or anything like that but like anytime a coach has said something along the lines of like i believe in you like that me that has meant so much to me because like I think that that's something people struggle with is like the belief in themselves. Um, and so just any opportunity you can like tell a kid you believe in them, like, um, mm -hmm. because that's, that can go so far. And like that, that can like plant a seed in that kid's mind of like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, someone else believes in me. Like why, why should I not believe in myself? Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, th I think that's a great question. I, I'd have to think on that more to, so. All right. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Get back to me on that one. Yeah. Um, but no, not that. But I think I think that I think the advice that I heard was just like, don't be afraid to to lend like a a pat on the back or like a just a yeah. like a affirmation like, hey, you're this is you're doing great. You know, mm -hmm. proud of you, all that stuff. Um, like, and there's no harm that can come from that, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like don't be like, you know, you suck at everything else. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> <laughs> this is your only shot at being anything in life do it you know don't go that <laughs> don't go that route um but and then too like and as a parent though it's like you know like i feel like my kids have supportive parents you know um and i think and you have a great support system i believe and but then having someone outside of that that like you kind of as a kid you're like you're about you're, you're my mom and dad you gotta you gotta say right. that you it's right. nice to have someone else outside of that say something that kind of like pushes you in the same direction that your parents have been saying. Um, but like now that we're talking about your parents, like what role did they play? And I'm doing a lot of like bouncing around here, like in these years, because I feel like you just to jump forward, you mean a lot to a lot of people, um, you know, not because you run fast, um, partly, but then because of what you stand for and what you've evolved to stand for over the last few years and stand very strongly in front of everything um, and then continue to perform at this really high level, which is amazing. So I'm really interested to kind of see like where like all that came from, you know, because unfortunately, you know, the world can be harsh and weird and um kind of in that kind of in silence voices that 
feel the same way that I do or you do or whoever does whatever they're going through. Um, and then every now and then someone like yourself pops up and is like, I can, I'm willing to, to carry this for me. I mean, obviously for yourself, but inadvertently for other people. So I'm really interested to see like, you know, what, how your family, so your family support played a role into kind of who we see today. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like such a journey. Um, and I feel like it's, I, I do feel a little weird, like just <laughs> receiving that compliment of like, you, you're so important to so many people just because I'm like, I, I'm, I'm honestly just living my life. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm just showing up and trying to be the best athlete I can be. And then also, yeah, standing up for basic human rights as well. So it's like, and, but I do get that that is important and powerful. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like, um, you know, so much of like queer people's journey to finding themselves is like a lot of it, honestly, a solo journey of like just conversations with yourself. Like, you know, like you have to, in order to come out to anyone else, you have to first kind of come out to yourself. Um, and so I feel like I did that like in high school, like through running and like through like we would, um, you know, I'm from Aptos, California, and there's this big, beautiful forest um, called the Forest and Icing Marks, and it's a state park, and it's where we ran in high school every day. And so, um, yeah, it was it was just like this giant redwood forest where I could really just like kind of go there with myself and like, huh, like everyone around me is like talking about their crushes on guys, and I'm like, I don't know if I like feel the same or strongly as strongly about that, like. I don't know. It's such a journey. And like, I feel like my family, like my parents were always so like inclusive and like really like kind of going out of their way to be like, we don't care who you marry. Like it could be a man or woman or, you know, um, doesn't matter. Like black, white, like very like instilled in my sister and I, that like, we don't care if you're queer and like, we love you no matter what. And so I think that always having that in the back of my mind obviously made it easier when it was time, like, I had kind of processed it with myself and I was like, okay, I want to start telling people that obviously that made it so much like easier for me to show up with myself. And like, I didn't have that fear of like rejection that so many queer people go through. Um, in at home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I think, I think, yeah, there was a lot of like internalized, like homophobia and transphobia of like, I don't know. I just remember like watching Glee growing up and there was like the gay characters and I would like, cringe at it and it's like I don't know the people that I feel like cringe the most of it are the ones like kind of going through it or like you hear that all the time with bullies like people that really bully people for for being like LGBTQ it's like they're kind of like sus like (laughs) um I don't know so I feel like I had a lot of that going on or um but yeah eventually just like kind of grew up and and realized like oh this is I'm getting in I'm not going to be rejected for this thing and like and it is important to show up as yourself. And so, um, yeah, I did. I started coming out in college and then, um, you know, just two years ago came out about, you know, my trans identity and, and the journey I've taken with my gender identity. And it's just, um, it's definitely been, even with that, like when I first came out, it was very difficult for me to like, uh, yeah, just feel accepted. Like, I feel like no one was, it was really awkward because I told everyone like, Hey, I use they, them pronouns and no one was getting it right. And so I was like, okay, maybe I should have, I mm. kind of want to go back in the closet. Like I kind of hate this. Um, and then, then well, it I, just, 
you know. Well, I'm sorry, sorry to cut, sorry to interject, but I yeah, you yeah. I listen I heard a, a, a listened to a really cool conversation that you had with your partner. Um, really dope episode. Um, <laughs> I suggest everyone go check that. out. What's the name? Of, I'm sorry. What's the name of the podcast? Uh, yeah, the Queer Athlete Podcast. Yeah, I Queer definitely Athlete Podcast. Okay, yeah, on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go check out Queer Athlete Podcast. Um, but it was, you know, so 2016 was the year you came out. Um, and then two, 2021 is when you you came out as non non-binary and mm-hmm. they them. And I thought it was really, um, I thought it was really not cool, but just for you to kind of be very open in the fact that like, Hey, when I, and when I came out in 2016, everybody was kind of like, okay, that's cool. You know, and we support it and it, maybe not everyone, but it right. just seemed like unanimously it was like, okay, this is a, this is cool. And you felt that going into 2021, when you um, came out as non-binary, you're like, you figured that maybe it would be something like that. Exactly. Um, and could you like now that it's been two years since then, could you kind of like looking back on that? W- not what do you think the differences are in that, but like now that you've evaluated both of those two moments in your life, like where's the disconnect that like people should know about or something? Like, I'm not really sure how to ask it. I mean, cause I don't know what I'm asking. No, but- I know what you're saying. Yeah. I think the, when I came out in 2016, like, gay marriage had just been legalized in 2015 like it's a, it was an overwhelming amount of people like supported like sexuality and like same-sex marriage and and all that so it was very like even i was literally going to school in arkansas like the south and it was very s- still very accepted so yeah. i felt like it was just politically like timeline wise our country was like at a place to be like yeah let's totally chill like go off like we, we love you we support you like all that all that good stuff and then I feel like look at 2021 it's like where politically we were at with trans people and where we still are now politically it's like such a like so politicized and like it's so you know th- I think 2021 like before I'd come out it was the most like anti-trans bills that had ever been passed was like from January to March of like you know the start of the year and then it was like just I, I just think where we were at politically in our country when it came to 2016 versus 2021 about <laughs> sexuality and then trans identities was like so opposite. And like, I do feel like I was a little bit ignorant in the fact that I'm like, oh, well, yeah, but it's going to be the same thing. Like when I came out of my sexuality, like, you know, I everyone loved me. And then I was like running great. And then I was like, you know, it was like this weight lifted. And then I started PRing. And then it was like 2021. I felt like the opposite. I felt like like when I say a weight was lifted in 2016, I feel like in 2021, it was like, I was running with like a weight vest on. It was like the opposite. It was like, wow, a lot of people hate me. A lot of people don't even understand like what I say when I say non-binary. Like it, it felt like a lot of educating, like over-explaining and it was just exhausting. So then I would show up to the start line, like the opposite of like feeling light and like free. And so, um, yeah, but I really think it can, you can boil it down to like, where politically we were at as a country um and yeah it also has made me really reflect on like and I think this is the most powerful internal work that I've done of like I feel like in both of those scenarios when I even now talking through it it's so much dependent on what others think of me and it's like if that's how I want to navigate life like 
I don't know, it, it that's, it, you can get so stuck and like, it's actually not about that. It's like, do I love myself? Do I love myself enough to show up as myself, even when there is like pushback and, and all that. So um, that's kind of like, I feel like the work that I've personally done the past two years is to like, try to undo that, like doing things just to like, get people's approval or to just to get praise from others, you know, because it's really yeah. not about that. It's like, if the people around you love and support you, if you love and support yourself, like, that's when you're gonna like, thrive. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I mean, it's like that. It's like that balance of, um, of, of, um, you know, doing things, like you said, doing things for other people's validation or not doing things, you know, or like the way you move in society. If it's if you take a look, step back and you realize that it's like governed and dictated by what you think people will think or accept um, is much different, though, because I was talking to my daughter and I I like try to like step this toe this line of like of um talking to her and my kids in general but just talking to them about like rep like reputation in a sense of like what you're known for you know but be very careful to it's like hey look i don't i don't want you to care what anybody thinks about anything that you do as long as what you're doing you want people to know that that's what you that's who you are you know yeah. what i mean yeah. um because it's like you know, you have to do everything for yourself, but then you have to also make sure that to me, like I have to make sure that what I do represents who I want people to see me as, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, but that's a fine balance though, to figure out like where, where that like set, where that settles with you. Um, and to talk about like the difference between 2016 and 2021 from like, kind of like, obviously the political landscape was much, much different. Um, 2021, uh, we changed presidents. <laughs> um, so, and it was, well, people weren't really happy about that. A lot of, it, 21, 2021 was very uh, tumultuous actually. So it's, it's probably a tough, a tougher time to, to make a, a decision like that and, and make an announcement like that. But then at the same time, I think that 2016 might've been a little easier, not easy, easier, I guess, because yeah. someone like you, that's why I get back to like the, the, the importance um, someone like you or people like you before you made, you know, paved different ways to get to that point by just, you know, obviously like the, sometimes like it's hard to receive a compliment, you know, and receive that praise by just because you're, you're doing what you do. You are who you are and you're just living that. But the fact that you're able to do that and uh, strong enough to do that, that's the point that like someday someone makes this announcement and, they're like, okay, cool. We've, we've done this before. This is great. Yeah. We love, yeah. we love you still. Keep, let's move forward. Um, but I, this, going back to your episode with your partner, it was like, you all were talking about, um, you said that like, it, this was earlier this year. So this is like January 23, um, that even to that point, it didn't seem like much progress was being made in, like the terms being you or the pronouns being used mm -hmm. and tell me like about like the difference between January and now, because from the outside looking in, it looks like a lot of people have like figured it, tried to figure it out, you know, in a much more powerful way. Um, and I feel like the support is starting to be where it should be in, behind you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree. It's like, I think I hadn't raced yet. Um, 
like, like okay my first race of this year was like Milrose um and that was the first time the January 2023 that was the first time like at, like the announcers got my pronouns right like the entire race and mm-hmm. it's like the first race I can go back and watch and not be misgendered and it's like whoa like that's huge and I feel like that really just set the tone for like the rest of the year and the rest of the races of like okay now that's the standard like who's gonna be the first to mess up like you know let's like like this is a thing like it's also when I talk to like people in the <laughs> I, don't to, I don't know how to say this but like the people in the real world like the people not in the track and field world yeah yeah, it's okay, yeah. so a thing like people are like yeah it's like what are your pronouns like and then people get them right and like it's obviously like it's not perfect and there's still you know issues within every single space but like I don't know it was almost like the track and field world was behind and and it's like you guys shouldn't be behind because you literally have someone that uses they them yeah mm-hmm. what's going on and then they got like, caught up by 2023 so it was like it's been really cool to see the like um yeah it's it just like over and over again like nbc or like any like when people get it right because that's the new standard and like um even yeah it's like when i i i feel like it just maybe it takes two years to like <laughs> figure it out I, I don't know it's a hard I'm very empathetic to that I'm like yeah like it's it's hard when you know someone as she her their whole life and then you have to switch up and now you say them like it, that's it's hard it's not like a switch overnight but like I just you know when I look at Gen Z and I look at like the younger generation I just get so hopeful because they like they just get it and like they yeah. have kids in their class that are like trans and it's like oh yeah they use these pronouns it's just like it's it's really cool the way that this is evolving and it does take people like, you know, coming out and like being themselves to, to change yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so like just an embarrassing moment for me, I'll just go ahead and talk about it since we're being vulnerable here. So my, <laughs> my daughter um, came home from school. Like it was like the beginning of the year. I think it was like last year or something like that. And I said like, you know, I was talking about the, a teacher, like what, you know, what's the teacher's like name? And then it was, I I can't remember like how it went, but she said them or she said they, and I'm like, okay, well, like, is it, you know, a guy or a girl? Like, what's like, what's, what's happening? Like what was, I was trying to like figure out like who I was, I needed, I'm in my head. I was trying to like figure out how she could talk to this person to get it, to get them to understand. Cause like, I needed to know what we're doing with like a guy here or like whatever. So I kept going and I'm like, what? And then she's like, dad, they're they, them. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I, it took me like a minute. So like I had to like, and, and yeah. I, I say that because like the next generation, like my kids, it's, it's like not even, it's, I mean, it's not even a thing. It's like, okay. Yep. Yeah, they, them, he, her, she, she, you know, whatever. Yeah. It, it, it's so simple, you know, and it's tough though, I guess like I'm 30 something years old and it's like, I've been doing it my whole life. So it's tough to like, you know, bounce around, but I, I just love, and I know Kara Goucher and she like takes great pride in announcing, you know, uh, the races and commentating on the races and also nailing your pronouns. And yeah. I feel like because one, one of your posts, um, she had got it right. And you like reposted and like, and, and can you just explain like how that felt on, on a national, I mean, worldwide scale really of, of it being, of your pronouns being spoken correctly. Yeah. I mean, I, I just can't even express like how, how like life changing that would have been for me if I'm like 
in high school watching, you know, I was a fan of track since, you know, I've been little. So it's like, I've watched every Olympics and world champ. So it's like seeing someone like in a race and they use they, them pronouns, like, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like, wow, maybe I can come out about this thing. Or like, um, I have context for what that means. And like, it's, yeah, I just, I just know how as a queer person, like constantly seeking, trying to seek representation, like, I just know that would have meant so much to me. And so I just think it's really cool to share, like, yeah, like, uh, you know, people in the sport get it right. And like, look how cool this is. And then like, those are like the TikToks of mine that like blow up the most because everyone's like, wow, this gives me hope. Or like, you know, this is so cool. Like we can do this in across all sports. And um, yeah, no, it, it's awesome. I also, back to what you were saying about, you know, your kids, it's, it's so cool. It's literally like, I feel like, for us, it'd be the equivalent of like, say you're taking role the first day of class and this the teacher's like, Matthew, and then the kid raises their hand and he's like, hey, actually I go by Matt. And we're like, okay, yeah, we'll just call him Matt, not Matthew. It's yeah, like, right, that's, right. like, that's how it clicks for them when it comes to like pronouns. Like, oh my pronouns. Oh, oh, oh that, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. just like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. sorry, <laughs> no Matthew, no more. Um, but then there's people though in this world though, that you'll say like, they'll, you'll, say what's your name and i'll say like thomas or tommy right mm -hmm. and then they go oh nice to meet you tom it's like yeah like, whoa whoa yeah you literally just asked me what my name was you know like and i told you and you went with something totally different so i mean there, there are all those people that we have to, you know that we're gonna have to deal with you know yeah so you yeah that's exactly what it feels like to get misgendered so you know, yeah. someone calling you Tom instead of Tommy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not gonna say that it's probably the same. <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I, it's same same line, I guess, of thinking. Same line, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Um, so weight of weight on your back, right? I mean, like 2016 was like, oh my gosh, it's great, I feel free. 2021, it's like, yo, this is this is crazy. Um, and before I ask my question. I thought it was really cool that you said in that conversation with your partner. I think I, that was like my favorite conversation that I've, I mean, I've listened to a few of them with you. And I think that was my favorite one because, you know, because of the relationship, obviously, but then um, like the, the topic or like the title of the, of the podcast is automatically making you, you know, more comfortable, even if it wasn't your partner, but okay, well, here, we're here to talk about this, you know, we're here to talk about this openly. So like the, you said, you know, you said that like when people would come up to you after, um, uh, miss, miss, uh, how would it like so misgendering you, right? Um, it was, you said that you felt a, like you felt like you were the burden in the situation almost because some of you, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, and they did this thing yeah. where it almost made you feel like you had to make them feel okay about them not doing it the right way. Um, yeah. And I, th I thought that was very vulnerable to say. Um, and I feel like sometimes like as a, as a, as a black person in America, like I can, I can res that resonates with me. There's certain moments where like you have, like you feel like you, someone's trying to ask you to make them feel okay with what the way they're acting or what they, what they've done or what they said. Um, yeah. But, you know, thank you for sharing that. Cause I, I was like nodding my head like crazy when you said that part. Yeah, no, it's true. It's just like, people are going to get it wrong. Like we're going to make mistakes and like, just like bet it's always best practice to like, you know, if you accidentally use she for me to just be like, Oh, sorry. I mean, they, and like quickly correct and move on because like any other way it just, yeah. Like, like I said, it's like, 
you, I don't know, I've had people before, like, announcers, say, like, an in-stadium announcer, like, gets it wrong, and then they come up to me afterward, and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I was practicing before, I was doing such a good job, like, I can't believe I messed up, like, I'm so sorry, and then it's, like, on me to be, like, oh, it's okay, like, no, mm-hmm. and it's, like, not okay and then i'm then i'm like okay that makes me feel like a chore and a burden that you were like practice up practicing all night i was just like okay Mm -hmm. like it's really like it just puts the trans person in a really weird position to like instead of just like oh sorry like that like um and then it's like it's not on me to like validate you for like you were doing a good job and then you got it wrong and like yeah 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 no no, i felt what you meant though i mean because there's like there's a line where it's like you know I'm sorry for doing that. And that's one thing, but like, it's, it, it, I mean, it could, it could become a lot with like every, every it's yeah. always happening. It's like, and it's, you know, I, I totally understand. And I'm not sure if everybody may, you know, they're like, well, they tried, you know, but it's, there's, yeah. there's people that do this thing that they, they do that. Like, Oh, I tried so hard, you know? And then it's like, dude, yeah. just, just do it. Just try it again and do it right or something. Or, yeah, just you know, like better next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you said, journey with you and then, yeah. yeah right no i don't and i think that like a lot of like you said a lot of the educational part that you felt like you've you were tasked or chored to do now that you've made this you you've announced it to so everyone else um and now it's like now it's my job to to talk about you know to teach you what this means um and that can be tough too i mean because you like in 2020 you, it was it was a lot of that like especially you know with the black lives matter movement it's like you're every minute you're explaining why this is offensive you know mm-hmm. um so i couldn't imagine you know i can't imagine actually like what yeah. it what it feels like to to have to like teach people something instead of them just like google it bro yeah exactly <laughs> like we you have resources you don't have to use the like minority person that you know to like educate you like you can educate yeah. yourself. <laughs> exactly 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 um but yeah let's get let's let's get back to to the to the racing part because um after you it's 2021 it felt heavier and how did you like navigate out of that space and end up having like jump forward two years having like the craziest 2023 like the craziest yeah i think um I don't know. I feel like sometimes you gotta, you gotta hit rock bottom to, to bounce back up. And like, I, I felt like, so 2021, like trials, like did not go well. Like I, you know, especially being someone who had made the team in 2019, like I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I had like high hopes and expectations that I could be top three and it just like, yeah, I was just not in a good place. Um, and like on top of that, like I was, I feel like I was under stress because my contract was with Adidas was then up at the end of 2021. So I felt like not only do I want to become an Olympian, that's a goal of mine, but it was like, oh my God, if I don't, like I might not get resigned or like, it was just this like added stress and pressure to like perform. And so I felt like by December, 2021, like contract is up and like new year starting. And like, I, yeah, I, I felt like I was just like, and then 2022 started and I didn't have a contract. Like I was like, wow, like this is it. Like I might walk away from the sport. Like I don't, I don't know. Like I, it's not like a lucrative thing. If you don't have a contract, like I can't live off prize money or, or anything like that. So it, I felt like it was a very like dark time. And then, um, you know, I was having conversations with my agents and there was like some companies interested. I just wasn't, it just wasn't a good fit or like, you know, like I didn't 
vibe with the coach or I didn't want to go move up and move across the country. Like it was just like hard. And I was like, well, I think like this might be it guys. <laughs> like, um, And then, you know, I just had a conversation with like, you know, my, like how is my agent? He got in touch with like someone at Lululemon and it was like, um, so what about this? Like, and it's, you know, you're not, it's not really, it's like a contract, but it's like, you're an ambassador for this company. And I was like, okay, like, what's that? And then I like, you know, met with the um, head of Brown at Lululemon and uh, you know, he, it was just one zoom call. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this brand gets it. It was like, they were like, we don't really care if you ever like make another team again or like <laughs> are ever again, like what you're doing, you know, with the pride five care, like, like what you're doing in the sport and outside of it is like, that's valuable. And we want to like, you're already doing amazing. Like, how can we support you? And it was so weird because I felt like I went into that call with like all these bullet points of like, okay, this is how I'm going to defend myself of like mm. why I didn't make the team. Like, you know, I was going through this and then this is how I'll like be like, I think I can PR like, cause kind of that's how I was kind of had to approach other brands of like, I promise like my best years aren't behind me. Like I, you know, was, I was going through something, but like, I'm going to move to Flagstaff and be coached by Mike Smith. Like I'm making a change. Like, I, I had to like advocate for myself. And then in this call, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like it was just such a relief of like, okay, like, wow, this brand is going to support me. Like, you know, of course they want me to reach all my goals, but it's like not about that for them. And I was like, that's incredible. And so then, you know, I feel like that was like a really, really big weight lifted. Um, and like, so now ever since like i signed with them in june of that year it's like i can like just be free and you know i can do whatever races i want i don't have to hit a certain quota of like you have to race 10 times a year and like um you know i like tara davis and i were talking and before we both got invited to pre and we both were like like the diamond league final and we're like i don't know our mental health just like isn't in a place to like do that we both are making this decision separately and it was just mm -hmm. so cool that we're with a brand that we can yeah okay i'm not going to do pre it doesn't make sense for right. my mental health i'm not going to put myself right. you know i'm not going to keep going to september middle of september if i don't want to and right. it not a thought in our head was like oh what is lululemon going to think of this like because right. we don't have to factor that into our decision making and that's just like you know you see it like tar and i are both national champions and like setting records like it's just of course that that correlates and so i felt like that plays a huge 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 role in me showing up to the start line being like i want to be here and also in going back to like i almost quit at the start of 2022 like something in me was like you want to keep going and like that was really freeing of like oh i'm running like unattached that indoor season it was like no one's making me do this like i actually want to be doing this so mm. like i feel like those two things together and then just throw in a year of like consistent training and training up at 7,000 feet. It's like, boom, like come the 2023 outdoor season, like everything just clicked. Yeah. Um, you said, you said a lot. So, <laughs> um, so like there's um, like the, the darker like moments in, in, in like in those time frames. like what, like, how did you get, how did you get through those? I mean, cause I'm imagining that, you know, people that people, folks that come, they're coming out in whatever fashion, um, all over, um, you know, either would hope to have everyone's in their lives reception be great. 
um, in their jobs and all these other things. But I mean, unfortunately, we don't live in a world that that's going to be the case for everyone. So there's going to be the, like these moments after that, that it's not like, I wouldn't call them consequences because, you know, it's not like it's one thing, then this leads to that. But the um, the blowback for from for some people will could be something like that where they find themselves in a position that is um is just crappy in general um and you kind of found yourself in that moment because of this this the switch you know or, or the end of the contract um what what would be like your advice for folks that are in one of those moments and they potentially don't see a way out because I mean, you're like literally like this could be the end of like the running thing for me Mm -hmm. um how do you get through like that yeah i mean i think like my community got me through it like my um like howie my agent was like you know very patient and like emma my partner was like like i almost signed a contract in march just because i was like sick of it and she was like don't do that like you're worth more like you're you know you want to like I, I just feel like and then like my parents, like my support system, like I feel like my community, like my people really got me through that and like talking to people, talking things through. But then also like, and for, for me, like my community is very specific because I'm a professional runner. So it's like my training partners, my agent, my partner, mm -hmm. like my coaches, but like people, there's community everywhere. And like, um, if you're, you know, someone that your family isn't supportive, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm in the middle of like, like the pride 5k is this week. And I just keep thinking about like 2000 people like have bought shirts that say you belong everywhere you decide to be like that are runners, like specifically runners, like 2000 of them. And I'm like that there are people out there that like love and support you. You, you just have to like find them. And like, you know, whether that's, I don't like, there's so many, I, you know, I was in New York for fifth Ave a couple weeks ago and it was like the, front runners group it's just this like running group of queer people who like you know it's a running group but they like they're queer and it's like i don't know i went on a shakeout with them and i was like this is so cool like if i were to move to new york like i would absolutely like you know run with this crew every mm -hmm. tuesday or whenever they meet like it's just there is community and people who love and support you just have to like sometimes find it and that can be like lonely and dark but like you're also not alone like there's a lot of other people searching for that connection and community and um yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think it's the the you're the you're not alone part is really big i mean because that's like why i share a lot of like my um my uh my sobriety my sobriety journey in like some of the darkness and dark moments of my life where i thought that you know a lot of crazy stuff um but I talk about it like kind of openly in that sense, just because I think that there's in general, there's so many people that just assume or feel like they're the only people that feel like the way they feel, even if it's like right in your face, like there's other people like, you, you know, it just it's harder to like see until you hear you literally hear someone talk about their journey and like yeah. some of their feelings that they felt in those moments. Um, and it's easier to attach to someone that is talking about their feelings as opposed to just like, you know. I'm, you know, I'm they, them. And then if you never talked about it, yeah. then it would be harder for like someone to like attach to like, oh, okay. I feel that same way. And I, and, and, and they're now my community too. Yeah. 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 It's very, I mean, the hardest thing in the world is to be vulnerable and open up and share, but like that is the birthplace of so much connection. And like, that's the birthplace of joy, love, like everything is like when yeah. you're vulnerable and you, you share with with someone yeah
Yeah, that's that's nothing truer has been said. Um, Pride 5K. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Because you, st- you started it. Did you start it in 2020? Or is yeah. it 2021? Okay. So talk to me about like the, the, the start of Pride 5K and like the growth of it and where we are like approaching next this weekend. Yeah, we um, started in 2020, like right when the pandemic hit, uh, you know, it was like, okay, I can't run. There's no races. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? Um, and it was kind of, I've always admired like Emma Coburn and the Elk Run 5K and like Kyle Marber at the time had the Long Island Mile. And I was like, I kind of want to be one of those runners that like puts on a race. Like, um, and I want to raise money for queer people, like for my community. And so, yeah, I was like, let's virtual races were becoming a thing. And I was like, okay, let's just put on a 5k in June and raise money for the Trevor project. Like, you know, one of the, the biggest LGBTQ, LGBTQ like organizations. And so, um, yeah, it just kind of that first summer we, we just kind of like, it was, Mac Fleet and Sam Murphy, like my two best friends in San Diego. And we we're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and um, it was crazy the amount of people that like signed up. We were like, whoa, we're in over our heads. Like, I feel, I feel like we're expecting like 200 and it was like 1600. It was like, whoa, oh, wow. <laughs> how wow. are we going to get this many shirts? And, like, we had to, and it was just fun figuring things out, like, you know, finding a screen printer, um, learning how to ship thousands of shirts and like, um, it was just really fun. And like, it then obviously then I, that summer when it happened, I saw the impact of it. And I was like, basically four people on race day, like use the day to come out and like, be like, like, hi, I'm bisexual. And I've never told anyone that, but like, I ran this race today. And like, oh, and that, I just like got chills everywhere. I was like, whoa, like, okay, this is a thing. Like we've created like a safe space through running for people to like show up as themselves. Like, okay, this isn't like a one-time quarantine special. Like I'm, I'm going to do this every year. And then ever since then, it's just kind of evolved. Every year of the Pride 5K has looked completely different. I kind of love that. And I feel like I'm really excited for this year because it's kind of like what I've been envisioning. Um, it's basically like, it's a completely virtual race. Um, we did an in-person race in Flagstaff last year, which was super fun, but just like a lot of work. And like, um, it also felt very like, it's hard to get to Flagstaff. It, it felt very limiting to like, um, you know, if I'm a queer person in New York, like I, I'm like, I can't fly to Flagstaff to run a race. Like I, I work and stuff. <laughs> like, you're like, it's expensive. Like all these, all these limiting factors that kind of gate kept it from a lot of people. And so I was like, let's go back to the virtual race, but let's kind of organize group runs in a lot of cities. And so that's what we're doing. Like there's five main group runs um, and Lululemon is, is hosting and funding those. And that's, there's one in New York, um, Houston, Atlanta, San Francisco, um, and Phoenix. And so it kind of like spread it spread across the country. And, um, and then outside of those main five, there's been just like, I think 11 more of people are like, Hey, like I want to host one. Um, and I live in Chicago and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, we'll do one there. And like, so it's been very like organic. Um, and also like, I just think it's so cool. Just the concept of like on this one day, this Saturday, like everyone's going to come together, run a 5k and support this charity and like, yeah, it find community. And I, I just think that that's like everything that pride 5k, like that was my brainchild and that's all I've ever wanted it to be. And it's, it's really cool this year. Um, we've changed, switched it up and we're working with point of pride, um, which I don't know. I, I, I was very nervous at the start. Cause I was like, 
okay, this is more like trans specific than like the mm-hmm. LGBTQ community. Like we're raising yeah. money for people to get gender affirming care. Um, I don't, I was like, what if like not as many people sign up because this is like kind of political or like, I don't know. I was just like nervous. Um, mm-hmm. But Emma was like, we're doing it. Like, you know, we need, like, this is the part of our community that needs support right now. And so we're like, yeah, like trans lives are under attack. Like let's do it. And it's just yeah. been so cool that like the, this is, the most people that have ever signed up for the Pride Pride Gays this year. So it's very cool to see that, like, you know, the LGBTQ community and, like, even people outside of it, like, allies, like, they're like, yeah, no, trans lives aren't political. Like, we support everyone and we want everyone to get the health care that they need. And so, um, yeah, it's just been been awesome. I could I could rant about it all day long. <laughs> well, no, it sounds, it sounds beautiful. And uh, which one will you be at? I'm going to, I'm and I are going to go down to Phoenix. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, any, if anybody has random money and they want to go support in person, um, Phoenix is a place to go. Um, and so I have some questions. Do you mind if I um, ask some questions that were asked online? Yeah, um, for like, sure. I'm, how old am I online? Really? <laughs> Instagram? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's online kind of, but you know, I feel old just saying that. Yeah. Um, so uh, Elise2247 says, um, how do you balance the energy it takes to be an activist and an athlete? I feel like the energy that I put into being an activist, like I do put a lot of energy into it, but I feel like the energy I get back is like so much more than what I put in. So it, I think it actually works really well together of like, if I remember, like it, it motivates me and it, and it energizes me. So um, yeah. It's a good, good question. That, that is, that is, I thought that was a pretty good one too. Um, so Alex Ham says, what's the response to the New York Times feature been like for you? Oh yeah, I haven't, I feel like that comment section got really out of hand, but like when that happens, I don't, I don't go look at it. Like that's, that's been kind of interesting because I, I obviously like, I think within the past like six months, like so many things have happened in my life and it's been like, you know, New York times, but then also like the runner's world, like I'm the cover of runner's world. Like it's very, it's kind of been a lot at once, which I think has almost been a good thing because I'm so overwhelmed. I'm like, I don't have time to go like yeah. dive into that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, you're, like you're, you're out, you're out doing. <laughs> yeah. Like if it was a one-off piece from the New York times that like, I've never been, I don't know how to say this, like because all the media hit at once and it hit so hard, it's been so overwhelming. And I'm like, uh, okay, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. But I think, so I think the majority of that pushback has been, it's been controversial. And I'm like, it's just, once again, it's like people, I can't even, and I was talking to Hunter Woodhall about this when we were in Vancouver last week. It was like, I, I, I was talking to him about like Tara and him get, obviously get haters too. And I was like, how do you guys like deal with that? And Hunter's like, I feel like a lot of mine are a lot like yours in the sense that I can't even take it seriously because they're just like so uneducated about the topic. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. that's exactly like what the vibe is. It's like a lot of people think that I'm a trans woman and like was assigned male at birth and like now has, you know, taken hormones or transition. It's just like, I can't even take you seriously because you don't even like care to take the time to like even know like who right. I who I am yeah 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 and yeah at least find out what you're what you're trying to like be against (laughs) you know yeah at at least be educated in what you're trying to fight against here um and then also so we've got uh Josie J. Rose says um I've seen a lot of uh, progress um 
on non-binary inclusion at the race level. How do, how about the changes in the US ATF? In sorry, you like cut out there. Oh, sorry, you can hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so she said um I have I've seen a lot of progress on non-binary inclusion at the race level. Um but how about change changes in US ATF? Yeah. I think um yeah, I think Emma and I were actually talking about this like last week and we're like, we might just have a meeting with you as ATF. <laughs> like, um, I, I also was like, I feel like, and this should not be the case, like I know, but I do feel like I am, like, I feel like my performances have kind of allowed me to get in the door more, um, you know, like being a national champion and like American record holder, I feel like I, I now feel it, whether it's like more confident or empowered because of those things, I do feel like I have more of a voice and I can like go to people at USATF and be like, yo, like we can make changes. Like if you, if you look like, if you look up like my profile on USATF, it's like gender female. I'm like, okay, we can like easily fix that. Like, why is this not happening? Or like, you know, every single, like at USA's, whenever there's an official, it's always like, all right, ladies, we have five minutes. And it's just like, that doesn't need to happen. Like we can do diversity and inclusion, inclusion training with all your volunteers. Like, um, I don't know. So I, I do feel empowered and I feel like I'm ready to take that step in using my voice, like more internally with my governing body. Um, and being like, there's little things that we can do that are actually going to make a big change. And like, let's do them, please. Yeah. And it, and, and it, it seems, um a lot of times a lot of those changes like can be fairly simple um yeah to put in place um it's not like you're asking to change like the way the track is shaped you know yeah, exactly <laughs> that would be that'd be a little different um but to jump back to the part that like i was watching and like was freaking pulling for you like crazy um let's talk about the u.s 1500 meter champion that we're talking to here um i don't even know what to ask you like i i just like i'm smiling like probably too much now to i'm not even doing a good interview anymore so like i'm so so happy to be talking to uh the u.s champion um but what did that feel like to break the tape like un like unbelievable like i can't like i feel like i'm like oh my gosh i did it like i can't believe i did it like it was it was like disbelief but then like just so much like joy and um i think relief like sadly just because there is so much pressure going to that me um but yeah no i think it's just combination of so many emotions of like wow i re i really almost walked away from this for like a year and a half ago and now i'm like crazy national like yeah it, it kind of just like all came together and like um yeah i think like in the way it came together was also insane i'm like we made it a tactical race and like I outkicked a thing though. Like that's insane. <laughs> like yeah, I can't crazy. believe that, that just that's happened. Crazy. So I mean, if you because if you watch the race and you look back, um, when you turned um with hundred meters left to go, you know, you weren't necessarily in the best spot in the world. I don't I it just didn't seem like it. Yeah. Like even like the comment commentators like weren't necessarily saying you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean I go back, I've watched that race like only a couple times, but I'm like, yeah, I kind of made a lot of errors. Like, how did this, like, how did this pan out so well? Yeah. And I think that my, my last 200 could have been like positioning wise, I could have done a better job, but 
I don't know. I think I teed it up well enough to be top three. Um, but yeah, I no, I think you're right. I think with like a hundred to go, I'm like, yeah, I really was. I was in like fourth. So I teed it up to be three because I'm like, I think I can outkick one person, but I just ended up having more gears than I thought I, I would. What did you, what were you thinking? Like, what were you thinking with like 60 meters left? I mean, cause you were like in this spot where I think, I think Mo, I don't forget who else was, I think in maybe 60 meters left, you were in third, maybe like yeah. third, fourth, like right there. Um, yeah. But you took like this line, like out to like lane, like two and a half, three ish, you know, almost. Mm -hmm. And it just looked like you did a lot of moving to get there. Yeah. And it didn't seem like it was going to be like, oh, like you're going to leave everyone else. Like, what were you thinking with like 60, 50 meters left? I'm, I think that's when I realized, so I definitely punched it at like a hundred to go. And I was like, I think with like 50 meters to go, I was like, oh, I can punch it again. Like I have another gear. Um, so I, but I really was like, I'm going to save it for the last 10 meters. Cause I don't know who else has another gear, you know? So it's mm -hmm. like that game of like, yeah, like playing the game of like yeah. whoever picks last wins. And so that yeah. was kind of like, I saved it to the very end. And, um, yeah, I, I had to go so wide. So basically, Corey was past, trying to pass the thing on the inside. Um, and then a thing was like, you know, doing as she should, like, kind of like pushing oh. me and saying, wide and wide and wide, which is like, yeah, make the person run farther. Like, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, for whatever reason, had another gear and it, it was insane. And I think like with five meters ago, it's like I had gapped him. So I think I had. That's like, it's crazy to me to like, think that in the race, like I had time to celebrate. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to punch this tape down. And like, um, yeah. yeah, it's just crazy that it, it just all happened so quickly. But also I feel like I can think about it and remember it. And it's like happening in, in slow. slow motion. Yeah. Yeah. Like slow motion. Yeah. Like that's what I kind of figured. Like that last 50 would just be like, what is going in here? You're probably thinking what's going on. I should yeah. do this. I should do that. Wait, what's happening? Why is, you know, what's happening? You know? Cause yeah. it was just crazy. I mean, it was, it was just crazy. And, um, yeah. so many people are so, are so happy for you. And, um, I think I think I, I love that you punched the tape. It was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, like this is yeah, like, you like slammed your fist. This is what we're doing. Um, yeah. and, and then not too far after that, we, you did the, the, uh, us American road mile record. Uh, right? Oh no, not road notes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Monaco diamond league. Right. Yeah, American record. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 what was that like? As I know, you talked about like you, you uh, afterwards, you guys did a shakeout or a cool down, and it's like, uh, congrats on your PR. Like, and it wasn't like it it, it it's like weird to have everybody PR, but then yeah. like not finish like top three or whatever. Um, what was that? What was that like? Yeah, it was. Um, no, it was super fun. I mean, I. It's hard because I like I get way more excited about like a USA's race mm -hmm. than where it is tactical and like you know the last you're playing a game out there and you, you know it's whoever figures it out wins and like right like going into Monaco I knew it was gonna be like something that doesn't get me excited it's like okay yeah. stick to people like it's gonna we're gonna go out in like two oh four because the faith and like just yeah. try to hang on it's gonna hurt. Um, but I really tried to look at it as like, well, if you just race everyone, you will, and you come out on top, you will come away with the fastest time. So it's like, it was, it's hard going into diamond links that are so set up to like run fast, but fast, yeah. that's just not what excites me. But um, it was cool to also get out of my comfort zone and be like, let's see what you can do. Um, and so 
yeah, actually, I feel like I don't really remember a lot of that race. Mm -hmm. I just remember Mike said when we were talking before, he's like, just be there, like suck it up. I know it's going to hurt, but like be there through 1200 and then the last 400, like will take care of itself. So Mm -hmm. I really like gassed myself just to be with the group, um, with 12, you know, with a lap to go. And as soon as the bell rang, I was like, all right, he said it's going to take care of itself. Let's go. And it didn't. Like, I felt like shit. (laughs) I was like, what the hell? So that whole next 200, I fell off the group. And I was like, well, you know. And then I feel like it was with 200 to go. I was like, oh, my God, you have 200 left. Like, suck it up. You can, like, catch them. So with 100 to go, I, like, had slowly been gaining on them. And then I just punched at the last 100. And, like, um, yeah, I, I got past Elise like right at the end. And um, it's crazy because if I hadn't, like she would have said, because she went under the previous American record too. So mm. yeah, it was, it was just crazy to like try to reframe it in my mind to be like, this is still a race, even though it is like time trialy. Um, yeah, but it, it was super fun. And, and having like, you know, we're all standing there waiting for the results to come up. And then it's like national record, national record, national record. It was just, everyone was stoked. And it was, so it was like a big party on the track. So yeah, was oh, that's, that's that's super dope. I mean, it's like it 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 was just such a great like great season for you. Um, and it felt like it was like two years in the making of like having to kind of like go through that moment and feel like you had the weight the weight of like the world on your shoulders, and then be able to kind of like just break through and have like a really dope year. Um, yeah. so I'm happy for you, but I know like the people that 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 are following and listening and like watching everything you do and cheering for you and your support system. I know that they're probably over the moon um, for you and can't wait to see what's next for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it, it's been a very, a very fun, like fall, just reflecting on it all, but, but also like, all right, what's next? Like, you know, let's get back to work. <laughs> yeah. Right. Look, get back to work now. Um, <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully one day, um, maybe mid next year sometime or something, uh, you can come back on the show and we could just talk about, you know, more about like your running stuff and what's happened between now and then. Cause I know it's going to be a great time and um, I'll make sure that I talk as much, as much about the pride 5k as I can in this next weekend, just to support from a distance. Um, but let me know if you need anything and thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Tommy. This has been great and I would happily come back on whenever. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much. And here we are. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. I super appreciated talking to Nikki. They are just dope people, bro. Like, I'm inspired for so many different reasons. Like, the strength and courage it takes to do all of the things that they're doing is absolutely insane. To, yo, it's just great. Please go over. If you don't follow Nikki, do it now. If you don't subscribe to this podcast, do it now. Make sure you do both of those quickly. Go to Instagram also and follow the Run Eat Sleep Show on Instagram. And we appreciate you. Stay tuned for the next one. And in the meantime, run, eat, sleep, and repeat. And let me know how that's going for you. Love you guys.